and today it's 70 degrees. Ain't God good? I don't believe you hear what you just said. God is good. Sometimes he got to let you know who is really in charge. God is good when we not good. God is good and ever present. I want to thank Doc for the opportunity to come before you to say a few words and hopefully the words that come that are lifted from the scriptures will keep us strong. This world is tough. Life is tough. I tell the kids every day, life is tough. And my father used to say it's cold, but it's fair. Amen. Amen. I want to thank the men that participated today in the services with the, with the reading of the scripture, the prayer, and such good singing. Let's give Vince a hand. He, he sang so well and inspired us with his right hand, Deacon L.O. Banks. If you have your Bibles, I want to read the scripture again for emphasis' sake, and we're going to go up to verse 33, after which we will lift the subject for this morning that God has chosen through me. Everybody okay? Amen. Amen. Verse 33. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Sometime, church, we have to pass to the other side and let things that are behind us stay behind us. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. Underline that. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship. As an example, amen, asleep on a pillow. When there was a wind and a storm around him, our Savior was asleep on a pillow. And they awakened him. And say unto him, Master, 
carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What matter of man is this? That even the wind in the sea Obey him. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. And from the, those scriptures, I would like to extract for your careful consideration the subject, strength in a storm. Strength in a storm. We either just came out of a storm, we're either in the middle of a storm, or we just got in one. But all of us that live, that have blood running through our veins, have been, are in the middle, or we just got in a storm. Storms happen in all of our lives, and it's very easy to say what should be done, or what we should do, or what state of mind we should be in while in a storm. However, we are just flesh and blood, very fragile, and while in a storm, sometimes it's hard to plot the correct course of action. Job went through a storm in his life, and he, he stated in Job 14 and 1, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. The Wikipedia defined the storm as a simple sense of disturbance of the normal condition, which is to say that when we are in a storm, we, when our normal condition has been disturbed, Sometimes we are in a storm of health, a storm in our professional lives, a storm in our marriages, a, a storm in our relationship, a social storm, a financial storm, and even we can be in a spiritual storm. There are several factors that I would like to focus on when it comes to being in a storm, showing strength and how we can appreciate a storm. Amen. How, how, how we can learn from the storm, how God provides examples of others in a storm and how they were triumphant coming out of that storm, God. Throughout the scriptures we have read and studied how the Lord allowed his faithful, those right next to him, to be placed in a storm and how the very essence of the storm was not about those that entered the storm, 
but others that the Lord wanted to reach or influence with his knowledge and his words. Here in the text, the Lord had just finished teaching the multitude and his disciples with parables. And he said to them, let's pass to the other side. Moreover, there's some background until the Lord stops here that I think is very vital and important for you to know. You see, the Sea of Galilee, because of its location, is typical to have storms at a certain time of the day with hills on every side. And, and the rising of the warm air of the day allows cool air from the hills to rush down the ravines into the sea with twisting whirlwinds causing actions that churn the water into an angry tempest during certain times of the day. So the Lord knew exactly when the storm was going to take place. And he told his disciples, let's go to the other side. I want us to understand something. Even before we get into our storm, God already knows how the storm is going to affect us. He already knows who's going to be there for us when we are in the storm. God already knows the outcome of the storm. He sets it in motion for some reason. And hopefully after this sermon, you will understand a little bit about your storm, a little bit more than you may think. Because we always ask the question, Lord, why would you let your faithful, why would you let your children get into something that is over their head? Sometimes, sometimes we look at the fact that sometimes uh, 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 we're drowning sometimes and, and we can't get out to get a breath of air. Sometimes we look like the oven has been turned up to the highest height. And we don't understand sometimes how God, our good God, my daddy, has allowed me sometimes to get into this storm. But hopefully when this sermon is over, we'll understand why God sometimes allows the faithful, his very own children, to be placed in the storm. He allowed his son from the protocols of time to be placed in a storm. When God allowed his son to be crucified on the cross, God had to turn his back on his son and let him endure the storm by himself. Amen. And I'm saying to you this morning that you're in a storm, but you're not by yourself. God is there and he's omnipresent. Even when it appears that everybody has walked away from you and turned their back on you like you got leprosy. God is there for you. And God is there with you. And hopefully after this sermon you'll understand why God allows the faithful. Mark in this text gives a detailed account of a storm they are about to encounter. The Lord and the disciples enter the ship. And the Lord falls asleep. And the disciples began to see winds grow. The waves, you see, they beat into the ship. It almost filled the ship. The disciples became faithful, Sister Harrison. 
They came fearful. You see, when we are in a storm, sometimes you see the true character of a person. What, 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 uh, 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 what we're willing to do and not to do. And sometimes being in a storm causes us to be tempted. To do all sorts of things to save ourselves. The first rule of nature is what? Self-preservation. The writer in James said in James chapter 1 and verse 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. You see, sometimes the Lord allows storms to come into our lives for several reasons. One is to show us where we are with our strength. Sometimes people get into a storm and begin to blame others. It's your fault for what happened to me. Or you caused this to happen instead of seeing the lesson in the storm. When Job was going through his storm, there were plenty of times for him to give in for to temptation. When he had lost all of his children, the relationship that he developed with them, raising them from infants, being proud of them, growing into young ladies and young men, the conversations, the embraces, and the love, I'm sure they showed their daddy, to which is a terrible thing within itself to lose. All your Children, all at once. He also lost all his wealth. Amen, brethren. Amen. Brother Horton, amen. The time he spent building such a nest egg, being known as the richest man at the time, and to lose it all in one sweep, and to lose. His health, mama. Job had boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. I'm sure that when he tried to get a good night's sleep, when he turned this way, he couldn't get comfortable. When he got on his feet, he, he couldn't get comfortable. And he lost all of that, which was a perfect time, Brother Jackson. For temptation to take root. When his wife told him to just cuss God and die. We have lost everything, baby boy. Just give up and give in. Wanting him to forget the good old times that God allowed him to enjoy while sitting there. While sitting there with his friends. If you want to know if you have good friends, go through a storm. You ever, I'm not talking about nobody here, you ever been somewhere, you turn the light on, and the roaches just run? Amen. When you can't, you want to know if you got good friends, go through a storm. 
Say amen when you can. Right? His friends heard that Job was going through what he went through. And the Bible says, instead of them dark, rushing to his aid to wrestle. Instead of rushing to his aid, they made an appointment. Have mercy is have mercy, you're right. Connie, they didn't just come and say, Doc, are you okay? I heard what you're going through, man. No, they made an appointment. And I can only speculate the appointment might have been in two weeks. All right? I'm still going through this, all right? And y'all my boys, right? We've been red and caught buffalo together. Right. And you make an appointment. And then Jimmy, when they came, they didn't say a word. They sat there, Bobby, for two weeks. Looking at him. Waiting. And finally they spoke and they said, Joe, why don't you just why don't you just say what you did? Yes, sir. Amen. If you ever want to know. I'm sorry to do that back. If you ever want to know, then sometimes there's a lesson in a storm. And I tell my children this all, all the time. Look around at your crowd. Look around at your friends. All right? Look at them real good. Look at them, because your best friend is your mama. I ain't nothing against your daddies. But your best friend is your mama. And if you hear me, young people, whatever your mama tell you, for the most part, do. Because your friends, your inner circle, you're going to find out. And sometimes it's good to find out at an early age who your friend is. Don't get quiet on me, church. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody that had that friend that smiled on your face all the time, they want to take your place. Y'all yeah, don't want to hear that. I thought I was talking to the church this morning. Dog, I thought I was talking to the church. Instead of being there for him, his friends wanted him to say that he was a sinner and he had received his just due. Sometimes our friends are waiting for us to lose out on life so they can say, I told you. I told you what was coming to him or her. Just ask Jesus. His closest friend, old Peter, his closest friend, old Peter. His closest friend, old Peter. Lord, bid me to come to thee and walk on water with you. Lord, the same Peter that Jesus told him, Peter, Satan has desired your faith to sift it like wheat. But I pray for you, Peter. The same old Peter. But the good thing, you know why I like God and his son so much? Just not, not just the surface stuff. The mere fact that Jesus, if you knew your friend was going to do you, would you stay with your friend? Jesus knew that Peter would deny him three times. Cuss folk out and say, don't get in my face. I don't know that dude. I don't know him. He knew that Peter was going to take a knife off and cut the ear off of Michaelis in the garden. He knew that Peter was going to act a fool. 
on him. And yet, God and Jesus gave Peter the keys of the kingdom to open up the church. They forgave him before he sinned against Jesus. Not only the most important thing to Jesus and to God, but the, you put the most important attribute of 8033, 50 days after the Passover, in the hands of somebody like Peter. Don't you think about how God can see around corners. He doesn't see what you are today. He knows what you're going to be tomorrow. And for that reason, we serve a God that will not hold nothing against you. Another reason that the Lord allows storms to happen in our lives is to strengthen our faith and his ability to trust the Lord as our deliverer. Paul tells us of how the Lord delivered him in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 where it says, Though there have no temptation taken you, but which is such which such is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. In other words, whatever you're going through, because we all going through something. He knows that you can handle it. Ain't that something? That's about faith. It's a matter of faith. But with the temptation, he's already given you a way out of it. God is faithful. But with that temptation, also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Peter also tells us in 2 Peter 2 and 9, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly, lowercase g, out of temptations and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were thrown into a prison and beaten by the keeper of the prison and chained in the inner prison, but instead of complaining or saying, woe is me, Allowing temptation to take shape, they sang hymns, praises unto the God of the highest high. And the other prisoners heard them, and there was a great earthquake that caused all the prisoners' chains to be loosened, causing Paul to tell the keeper of the prison not to kill himself in his, with his own sword. As a result, of their faith in the Lord, the keeper of the prison, and all his family were baptized, and Paul and Silas were set free 
from prison. God allowed Paul and Silas to be placed in a storm so that others with them would come into the knowledge and the power of God's will. Jesus told his apostles in Matthew chapter 6, when they pray to the Father, pray that thy will be done on earth as it is heaven. What is God's will? Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. I'm, I'm going to try to exegete this scripture like Doc showed me how to do 25 years ago. But I want us to understand how God operates. It's about his will. The Bible says that no one has ever been God's counselor. Nobody has given him any kind of advice because God already knows what he has in store for those of them that love him. The Bible says the Lord, the Lord is not slack. You know how we slack on each other sometimes? I, man, I wanted to get there and help you move, but uh, my back was bothering me. Yeah, yeah, I did say I was going to give you that $500, but uh, you know how we slack on each other? Yeah, I was going to be there for you, and I ain't telling us not to have friends and compadres. I'm saying we slack on each other, but the Lord is not slack. Concerning his promise, as some of us, it may say M-E-N there, but you can put a W-O on there too, how we count slackness, but it's long, Doc, he's long. You know what long suffering is? God hears our thoughts. Y'all don't want to hear this. When we go down into the watery grave of baptism and we receive the Holy Spirit, now God is connected to us. Meaning whatever we think. See, because a lot of times we think a whole lot more than we do. Y'all didn't hear that. That's why when I see it in the thought Jesus goes to the Father and says, I got him, Jesus, before you even kill him. I got him. Because I know you want to kill him for what he thought and what he thought about somebody else and what he thought, period. And he knew it faster than light can hit the sun. And so he, 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 he knows what my thoughts are. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows my innermost feelings. He knows everything. And what he does is sometimes he has to say, I got to put them in a store. I got to humble him just a little bit. I gave it just like he did Paul. Paul, he gave Paul a thorn in the flesh because Paul had just went up to the inner heavens. Could you imagine what it is to be like to see the heavens, the glorious heavens, to make sure that Paul would glory in his ability. God gave him a thorn in the flesh, and Paul, Paul's man, he was God's dude. You don't want to know I'm going to run it down. He wrote 13 epistles, established, oh, come on, 
went on several missionary journeys. He was God's man, but God wanted to make sure he went to heaven and he couldn't go to heaven the way he was cut. Some of us are cut a certain way and we And we can't go to heaven that way. Us, not me, not you, us. And sometimes God has to place us in a storm. But the Bible says, go back to that. Second Peter 3 and 9. I didn't finish touching that. Oh, I got to still touch. Doc, Doc got to go look at me and say, you didn't finish that now. Let me, let me finish that scripture. But it's long suffering to us word. In other words, he suffers with our sins. He suffers with our, with, with, with the, with our mistakes. He's, he suffers with our iniquities. He suffers with our weak thoughts. He suffers with our inability to not be humble with everything. And some of us, God has blessed so much, it's a crying shame. I know God didn't bless me. That's what Paul says, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Because he knew what God had done. He allowed Paul to kill all those Christians. Because he had a plan for them. So that many could be saved as a result. He placed Paul in a position to become from the tribe of Benjamin. One of the original 12. He allowed Paul to be to sit at the feet of Gamaliel so that he would know all of the erotic, theoretical uh, uh, things of the Bible. How to say it. He gave him such an intimate thought of mind. He gave him brute strength for a short man. But he placed Paul in that reason. Flip the next part. Long suffering to us work. Here we go. Not willing that any should perish. In other words, God's will is that none of us go to hell. And if I got to take everything from you, just like he took it from Joe, I got to do it. And when you look up, all you got is me. That's what God loves, a penitent man. One that bows before him and gives him praises because that's what he told Paul. Well, he, he told Paul when Paul went to him three times. He said, I want you to know my grace is enough. Paul, I've already saved you. My grace is enough. Stop crying. And some of us get the woe is me. I know I get it. But God had already took care of me. He put me in a position because he allowed my grandmother to be saved back in the 1940s. Put me in a position to grow up in the church. We weren't perfect, were we, girl? But we're still in the church. That's my friend. We, ooh, ooh. Ooh, we. Woo, we, woo, we. Woo-wee, woo-wee. Some of y'all got some woo-wees too now. Stop looking at me like you ain't got no woo-wees. Y'all got some woo-wees too. Stop it. You, you didn't wake up with the Bible in your hand. Just like I did. Stop, stop, stop looking at me like that. We got to stop judging each other. You got a whole lot of woo-wees too that don't nobody know about. 
You're just so lucky that you was able to tiptoe out that door without nobody seeing you. Say amen when you can. Amen, Doc. Let me go and finish for y'all. Fire out I got my keys in my pocket. I'm about to have to drive away real quick. Amen. Woo we. But let me let me let me let me finish exegeting that doc. God is not willing, even the person that you hate to go see at work tomorrow, they deserve to be saved. Uh, come over here. Hey. That member of the family that get under your skin that's keeping you from going to the family reunion, even they deserve to be saved. Give me 10 more minutes, Doc, and I'm going to wrap this up. He's not willing to nobody, Marilyn, even them little bad kids. I saw a kid, and I have to think, I have to forgive God. I have to forgive, have, have to forgive. I thought this boy was going to jail. I saw him the other day. He's an electrician. He got his own business. I, look, I, look, I swear, and I was hard on him. Yeah. And he came. He says, that you, Mr. Halp? He said, man, thank you. Ooh-wee. And so this is going to take me to my in this sermon. Because I was tough on that boy, Aaron. He go, matter of fact, he come by my house and do some work. Ooh-wee. I swear that boy was going to be doing 20 years. We don't know what somebody. But you know something? You know something? Your influence. How you walk. How folks see you. See, when you're in a storm, folks looking at you. You run around talking about God is good. Let me see how good he is now. When you're in that storm. You're about to lose your house. You're about to lose your health. You've lost your mommy. you lost your daddy. you lost your marriage. You're... Well, let me see how you are now. They watch you. And God put you in that position for them to see it. Y'all didn't hear that. And this is what this scripture is all about. God will use me for others. Y'all didn't hear that. Y'all, he'll use you. And you should, we should, we got to look at it from a different angle. That's why I said there's a lesson in a storm. Sometimes he'll use me or use you. That's why we got to pray for each other hard. This is a cold world. But we just passing through. Let's go back to the text. Let's go back to the text. Mark chapter 4. The Bible says that, Bobby, there was other little bitty ships with them. Now, let's call, let's call this right. I don't know if you've ever been uh, in the water, Danny, all right, my friend who just got all kind of scruples. He'd jump in the water and catch a fish really? and go down 20 feet. And I'm like, Danny, you taking us all with you, dude. My point is, if you don't have the right size boat, right, when there's a storm, yeah. it's over. You understand? I mean, some of you, some of you, all right. Look at all that water in Lake Michigan. Sometimes just pay attention. Water 
is the, the characteristic of it. It'll suck you down. It's worse than, uh, than some of you from Alabama. They quick stand. There is nothing to hold, right? It's water. Especially those you, you city folks that can't swim. Amen. So I'm a country boy. I can swim like a fish. But I want you to get this point. He was in a nice-sized boat, and they had issues. The smaller boats, and the one thing about the scriptures, they don't leave nothing out. The smaller boats had no issues. He had them still positioned perfectly. I want y'all to check this out now about your storm. He had them positioned perfectly to watch everything that was going on. Y'all didn't catch this. They saw the disciples running around like a chicken with the head cut off because it was a storm. Y'all didn't catch that. Sometimes folk watching us when we in our storm. I thought they were Christian. I thought they said they had all kind of faith. Right? Dog get sick, lose our mind, fall out of the lose our job. Oh, I don't know how I'm gonna pay my bills. What a faith at. And I mean that. Doc, you and I was talking about that this morning before we came in service. What a faith fact. And then they saw Randy, Jesus wake up all smooth and calm. This is who I, this is who I follow. So this is, they were all in, in, in amazement watching this. Y'all, I, I want y'all to visualize this. The little ships, they see the wind going. They're in position, nothing's happened to them. Connie, they run around. His folk is with him, that's been with him. They know about Jesus. He comes out, he calms everything down. It wasn't about the disciples, it's about them in that little ship. So, how many neighbors need to see you in a storm? How many of your family members need to see you in a storm and see how your faith is? How many people at work just not even, they somewhere at home chilling on Sunday yeah. when you come in in the morning and say how good church was? Right? How many of those people are God not willing that they would perish? Before we end, let's go over to Job chapter 7. Job chapter 42, starting at verse 7. Ron, if you could catch that for me and read it. And I promise, Doc, we'll bring this message. This all right, church? Y'all okay? We're going to bring this to you. To the ultimate end. I'm going to give you an ultimate end. Because we don't even know how, 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 do we know how Job got out of his storm? I'm about to show you. See, because his friends condemned him. So, uh, it's for his boys. We, 
Peace, we good. His boys condemned him. His girl, we boy, whatever. I want y'all to get this. We're going to start at verse 7. Job chapter 42. We're going to bring it all home. Is that okay? I just wanted to give you all. I'm not condemning nobody. You pray for me and my family. Pray for all. Let's pray for each other. But the bottom line is, we're all in a storm. And sometimes your storm is worse than mine because it bothers you worse than mine bothers me or vice versa. But we're all in the storm. We can play that role and come here and smile like we want to, but fall out and get home like, dang, again. And we can be like Billy Holiday, good morning, heartache. Every day. All we can say that I got God in my life, it's going to be okay. Verse 7 says what? And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, uh -huh. my wrath is kindled against thee. In other words, remember this. Oh, who got children in here? Raise your hand. When somebody do something to your child, you own, they own, they own. I don't care. You may try to smile like, like it, but I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. I'm human. Do something to my kid. Especially daddy's girl, do something. Okay. All right. All right. Just, you know, uh, uh, Brianna called me back and it had to be 2013. I said, what? This boy, I said, what? I want to leave. Come home. I can't do this no more. Oh, it's all right. All right. See you in the morning. Me and my friend. Now, your friend, I wish he was in the church. He's not in the church. A friend of mine. We drove white knuckle all the way to Hampton, Virginia. It's my kid. I'm hurt. I'm mad all the way there. And then I got this dude in my ear. I don't know if you ever saw the, 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 one with, the movie with uh, Martin Lawrence and uh, 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 Will Smith, where that boy came to the door. That's what happened. I didn't have nothing. My boy had it, but I didn't have nothing, but we don't have to worry about that no more. I think the boy transferred. I'm just making a point. Just making a point. God going to take it. You don't mess with God's folk. And I'm not talking about vengeance. You don't mess. It's a scary thing. Especially God's man. Let me give a couple of examples. When, 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 when Marion didn't think that, well, not Marion, when, when, when uh, uh, Moses, his brother, Aaron's wife, didn't think that Aaron was getting love that he should have got. He didn't get the recognition, the attention that he should have got. She dogged Moses verbally. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And God gave her leprosy. And the only way she got out of that leprosy was that Moses, the one that you had raked over the coals, be careful, especially God's man. Wrote, and the only way she got out of that leprosy was Moses went to God in prayer. Keep reading. I'm sorry. And against thy two friends. Mm-hmm. For ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right. In other words, what you said about him wasn't right. And if it was right, who gave you the right to do it? We good? 
This my man. I put him there. I gave him the cattles of a hundred years. Read. As my servant Job hath. Read. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and uh -huh. seven rams. Uh-huh. And go to my servant Job. Uh -huh. Offer up yourself up for yourselves a burnt offering. Read. And my servant Job shall pray for you. Read. For him will I accept. Lest I deal with you. In other words, if he don't pray for you, I'm going to deal with you. You think God is the same what? Yesterday? Come on now, y'all. Come on now. Saying, so y'all need to look. Y'all just got some strength. God's the same yesterday, today. And I'm not telling you to go out there and say, God, don't get you. I'm saying, do it with faith. And he don't pray for you? I'm coming at y'all. Read. I, lest I deal with you after your folly, in that ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right. Read. Like my servant Job. Read. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuite and Zophar the Namathite went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The good thing is God gave them a chance. You know how good God is, his mercy is, Doc? Even the Egyptians that had his own folk. He didn't come at them with the child at first. He went to the blood and the locusts, right? He took everything money-wise, all right? Because we can't, we can't, you know, it's like buying a house. We can't go out and buy a $400,000 house. We've got to have a mortgage. Sometimes we have to have a spiritual mortgage with God. Because he can, you know what he did? And he gave them a chance. He gave them a chance. He had several plagues. Then they didn't adhere to it, and he just took his son. It, just, it was over. God could do it the same way. He could come and hit us with the thing that's the most important. Y'all ain't getting that. Y'all ain't catching that. But he gives us a chance to get it right. Even those that do you, he gave them a chance too. Through, through, that's that mercy. Now I'm going to finish this up. Go on, finish. Right, the Lord also accepted Job. Uh-huh. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite went uh -huh. and did according as the Lord commanded them. Uh-huh. The Lord also accepted Job. Uh-huh. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. Hold on for right there. God turned the captivity of Job. Everything that had happened, yeah. everything that he had lost, when? When he what? When he prayed for his friends. Also, the oh, Lord. Oh, 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 don't run over that. I want us, and I thank you for your reading, Doc, but I want, to, I want you to get this. All that he had been through, all that he had lost, Dr. Harrison, all that his friends ridiculed him, his wife is not there mentally, spiritually with him. All that he did with it. And Job prayed for his friends. And after he prayed for his friends, the end. That was the end of his storm. Come on now. It wasn't about 
Come on now, God trying to save his friends. Y'all didn't get that now. It's some friends God trying to save at home too. God ended Job's storm when Job prayed for his friends. And to top it off, he gave him two of everything he had to let him know that I am God and I am with you. Church, we have to have strength while we're in our storm. We all got them. We're all going to get to them. You're not going to leave this world unscathed. If you are not a member of the Lord's church, you just, it's just been broken down. I wish I could just, you know, over the years of doing evangelism, just beg, folk, get them on knee. No, you have to accept the word. You have to, you have to accept Christ as your Savior. You have to do that. It's an individual commitment. You have to accept him. You have to want to be with someone. This is not about his power. It's about his love. Will a friend lay down his life for his friends? And he did that. Believe that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 5. How that he died, how that he was buried, and how that he rose according to the scriptures and how that he was seen by 50. Now he was seen by another 500. And how he was seen by Paul, an apostle out of due season. Believe that. Repent of your past sins. Confess to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And go down in the watery grave for the remission of your sins where you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. A lot of us are in a storm. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If you are a member of the church and you have sinned, get it right. Come confess. Get it right. You don't know when. Come, come confess your sins. Don't tell everything. Because folk are human. They'll get on the phone on you now. They're human. And don't be mad at them. Because they're human. I've sinned. This happened. Go sit down. If they want to know more business, come talk to you. Amen. Stand on up, church. Stand on up. Stand on up. We're going to sing this song of invitation hard because it may be somebody next to you, around you, around the corner that heard this and not a member of the Lord's church. Let's sing them into the water through their belief. Thank you. Once again, I didn't want to not hit and offend anyone. Hopefully you were touched by the sermon. There was something in it that gave you inspiration and pause to when we, when we attempted and that God is always with us. Amen, church? Amen. If you are guilty, this is from God. If you're not a member of the church, I ask you to come.